0: Welcome to Book Talk for Book Talk, a podcast where we deep dive into the writing of your favorite novels. This is Jack,
1: and I'm Amy. In season one, we explored Sarah J. Mass's *A Court of Thorns and Roses*. In our post-season content, we look forward to sharing listener feedback and
0: thoughts we received over the last eight weeks, as well as listener content from some special guests. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are entirely their own and in no way represent the thoughts or intentions of the original author. This podcast is a discussion shared to spark thought and conversation on the characters and themes of this novel. Though the hosts
1: speak mostly within the constraints of this book, series spoilers may be discussed with or without warning. Explicit language as well as themes of sex, violence, abuse, and depression will reoccur throughout this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. This week, we're interviewing one of our most highly requested guests. Lily, also known as a happy hermit on TikTok, quickly gained notoriety for her in-depth and well-researched observations on Sarah J. Mass's bestseller, A House of Sky and Breath. After reading Crescent City series, Lily quickly found parallels between Mass's other series and began deep diving into the Mass multiverse. Since February, Lily has created a number of videos where she shares her theories and insights. Today, we are thrilled to have Lily on the podcast to answer some of our questions and explain some of her amazing theories. Fair warning to everyone, there will be some massive spoilers for all Sarah J. Mass novels in every realm. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Lily. Thank you for
2: having me welcome
1: uh i gotta say i have been a fan and have been watching you since <laughs> like you had less than a thousand followers so
2: i've oh been from goodness. i've
1: been there from the beginning
2: <laughs> that it gives me anxiety it's like <laughs> the beginning videos you know you start from one place and then you find your groove and then you know people start liking your old videos and you're like oh i'm so embarrassed but Thank you, nonetheless.
1: <laughs> and I, when I say you've been the most highly requested guest every single time we've done a live or comments, people have always asked, "When are you going to do any theories on Court of Thorns and Roses of like the multiverse?" And we've always been like, "We're we're not because like we're not the professionals here." But you know, like Happy Hermit, and everyone's just like, "You have to interview Happy Hermit."
2: Oh my goodness! I just it's so wild to me that the way that it happened and like how it's going is just it feels wild. But I am I am grateful nonetheless that people will let me just unhinge spill out, you know, just verbal SJM soup onto the internet <laughs> and people listen to it.
1: There's something about Sarah J. Masson soup that we all appreciate.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, I think what people love so much about you is that what we've heard from a lot of our listeners is that they don't have friends with whom they can talk mm-hmm. about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's great to be able to connect with others who are just as interested as they are and can make those connections.
2: Yeah, I don't have any bookish friends in real life at all. I have a my sister in law, she dabbles a little bit, but she is like not an you mm-hmm. know, an unhinged nerd. So like I literally didn't have anyone to talk about this with. Like my world literally exploded on a random Tuesday at like one thirty in the morning. Oh. And I just had to like sit with it inside of me. And then I went to TikTok because I had to or else I would have exploded.
1: I'm guessing that was the moment when you finish Sky and Breath.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It was it was literally like one thirty three. I have a video like of the moment that I finished it. Because I was literally like, I need, I need photo evidence that this happened to me. (laughs) Or like, I just like needed to express it in some way.
0: So would you say that was the moment that first got you into analyzing SJM work in the multiverse? Or was there something else?
2: So when I read this, so when I read Akasif for the first time, A Court of um, Silver Flames, there was something that triggered my head. And I was like, huh, that reminded me. Of something in Tower of Dawn. And then I was like, but meh, meh. I mean, how how could she pull those two things together? And then I was I read House of Sky and Breath, and I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, I was falling into madness after that, you know, beautiful last line of, you know, hello, Bryce Quinel and I am Rassand. Ah. And I yeah, ah <laughs> 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 and I was I I paced for a little while for like another hour and then I was just thinking about what Nesta found in the prison and I was like oh my goodness oh my goodness that that ties to this that ties to this and I started writing it down in my notes app on my phone just like little things that I had remembered and then I was like well now I need to do a reread yeah like (laughs) honestly everything that that Regulus talks about in chapter 73 is just so many pieces of you know of the puzzle just getting thrown and thrown and thrown and I Mm -hmm. was like they all connect somewhere and I I need to know how they connect and that's what it was
1: the fact that you made that connection with the whole like throne of glass series that early on like just immediately by really reading silver flames then that means like Sarah J Mass clearly has been preparing all of this, yeah. right? So based on your rereads, how early do you feel that SJM started generating the idea of the multiverse?
2: From the very beginning. When you look at um, Throne of Glass, the, the specific scene of Aelin or Selena in Alina's um, tomb for the first time, mm-hmm. it literally talks about time rifts, about rifts in the world, about world crossing, about other universe, other worlds that, you know, the Val come from, the vow have always came from another world, and that's always been there in the beginning. Um, I did later learn that around the time of Air of Fire, when she was writing Air of Fire, when she was in press tours of Air of Fire, she got the idea for Crescent City. So... No. Yes. And she's... and. And, you know, she was writing Akatar around the same time as Throne of Glass. They're kind of written around the same time. So Air, Fire, and On is where I I just finished Air, Fire yesterday. So I suspect that major, major tie-ins will be there. But even in Crown of Midnight and in Throne of Glass, you're seeing similar powers. You're seeing similar lineage. You're seeing similar, you know, just similarities that parallel each other throughout even just the beginning of it it's crazy it's wild the woman is a genius in my opinion
1: (laughs) i mean didn't she start the whole like throne of glass and in high school like that's when she started this whole idea came to her head
2: yeah and has now rocked our world (laughs) yeah and it's become this i do think like you know to some people like to discredit her in some way they're like oh this is lazy writing or whatever and i'm like well she is the creator of these universes. She is the writer of these universes. And she would be stupid not to go back through her other works and find things to pull in and be like, oh, I left this out or this could mean this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just smart. This is her work. She could yeah. do that. Oh, and, yeah. And pull it off. And that's what I think she, she must have done.
1: In the podcast, we talk a lot about like just her writing style and people tend to like downplay that, like not even looking into the theories, but just like the way she writes. And when we looked at Akatar, everything was done with a purpose. It's Mm -hmm. tight writing. Mm -hmm. It's smart writing. It's she's just a very
0: well put together author. And to go off of that, if she's leaving out details, it's very intentional. And if she's bringing in details, that is equally intentional.
2: I no, I totally agree. My biggest thing that I I realized in probably Silver Flames and then mostly when I started doing my Throne of Glass reread, her foreshadowing is her likeness. Whenever she likens someone to something, that is how she foreshadows. And I think that is the most incredible way to do it and to mm-hmm. pull it off. Can I'll you give an like, example oh, of one of those? Oh, off the top um, of your head, sorry. <laughs> off the top of my head. When, you know, in the beginning of uh, Throne of Glass and in, you know, Assassin's Blade, which I, I don't know when that was published, but she had written it beforehand, I think, the novellas. Mm-hmm. Um, She always likens Selena to flame and shadow,
1: mm-hmm. like
2: always flame and shadow. And yes. that's just foreshadowing her powers. Yes. And it's like just little things like that. Or Mave. Maeve is always likened to like a, a spider's web. And then when we learn about her spider handmaids in Tower of Dawn, you're like, oh my goodness, that's why. So
0: We we definitely see that in Akatar and that entire series. So I'm in the middle of my deep dive into A Court of Mist and Fury. And mm-hmm. the first, so even beginning in Akatar Nesta is likened to flames. But so mm-hmm. is Cassian, which mm-hmm. I love because it just, talk I mean it just lends itself to their compatibility and their future together I think
2: Yeah it the way she does mates is pretty incredible Oh yeah Like it, I mean even like with Reese and Farah just like from the very moment like the first 5 pages of Akatar it's like pretty obvious that Reese and is her mate
1: Do you feel like they're like in Akatar itself like just like book 1 did you find any signs of multiverse there?
2: Yeah, I think with the mother and the cauldron and the history of that and how she like world walked to Perithian and then like had this cauldron that created life and Fae, I think that's a pretty. And then that's just book one. And then later in um, A Court of Mist and Fury, if, yeah, it's Mist and Fury. Uh, Reese talks about the rifts in the world and like how Amran came through. Like, you know, Amarin's always been from another world. Mm-hmm. That's never been a hidden fact. Mm-hmm. So, I think just those two in general. And then if you you go a little bit further, you can you know talk about like the Bone Carver and about um, uh, the Weaver and Koshi and all that. Like they've always just come from another world. That's always just been a possibility.
0: So you mentioned the mother, and I know you meant mother as in like high fei religion and. Mm-hmm. Deity or what? I don't know what they consider the mother, but the creator. But
2: I, I don't know. I've been one of my biggest things that I've been making notes on is the mother and like who and what is she because she is something, mm-hmm. but mm. I don't know what. But. So we think
0: it's not insignificant, and so the same goes for our listeners that Mother Artron is unnamed. And there's a lot of mystery around her, and I don't know to what extent this ties to the High fae mother or creator. But one thing we've heard a lot is this idea that Mother Archeron is a starborn descendant. Do you have any thoughts on this, or what that might mean <laughs> yes. for the Ar- Archeron sisters?
2: This is going to be a very um, convoluted, and there's a lot of background to this answer. My answer is. Yes, but it takes a while to get to how I think that. So we learned that Farrah's name is the Old Fey language, is from the Old mm-hmm. Um The Old Fey language is also spoken in Crescent City. I think that the Old Fey language comes from uh, Tog. That's what Rowan has his tattoo written in. That's what they, you know, they do speak it in Tog as well. So I think that Farrah's, family line does come from a high fae specifically a high fae from the throne of glass universe and i'm going to add into that and say that it was a healer and that healers have the starborn power and i can clarify on yes. why i think that healers um can kill valg urine can killed um Irwin in the battle they do it in um you know in tower of dawn mm-hmm. then we also know that um Aelin has a healer ability in her, mm-hmm. and her fire is also considered opal and iridescent, very starlike. And so she has that healer and that starlike starlight ability. And then we also learn in Crescent City when Bryce has the Star Sword, she kills the Valg Reaper, or the Reaper is a Valg because they have black blood. So in the pre- preference of anyone who has black blood, can be killed by a Valg. Um, or can be killed by a starborn. Yeah. Then in that in that long line of thought, um, the bone carver also talks about a Fey warrior um, that trapped his brother and sister, and the only and and they have black blood. We know that or the weaver has black blood, and mm-hmm. if they are blood siblings, then um, thought process would be they all have black blood. Mm-hmm. Lanthys also has black blood in Acaessif, and he was a, a death god as well. The only thing that could stop them or make them be scared would be a healer. So she was able to use her healer abilities that probably came from the Tog universe because we also know now that there was the rifts and the portals and people were getting trapped where they weren't supposed to be getting trapped. Mm -hmm. And she was able to use her healer abilities to trap them. And then that would be, and then her line ended up going down into Farah's line. And that's why the weaver was so keen on helping Farah and seeing if she was worthy of being helped because he saw that line in her oh. and in the human line that she came from. That's my thought.
1: I mean, your thoughts are now my thoughts. I'm on board with that. <laughs> it's like, it, it makes sense. I mean, like, there's a reason why Farah, like, the monsters like her. In a way, I guess you can say. Like, I don't I mean, I don't know where the cereal comes into it. Maybe this has nothing to do with it. But even like even he's just kind of like, you know, cool with her.
2: Well, he has black blood.
1: Wait, does he have bad black blood?
2: <laughs> yes he does. Oh and it smells like soil, which also um the Book of Breathings in Throne of Glass smells like soil. It has stuff about Valg in it, and then in Crescent City, they smell like soil and rot mm-hmm. and black blood with the demons.
1: One of our listeners, uh They are Welsh themselves and they kind of came over saying like there's a lot of uh, meanings and names, right? Obviously, like uh, there's some of the names have, like Tamlin, the name comes from an old Scottish folklore about Mm -hmm. uh, someone being captured by the Queen of Fairies. So SJM does a lot with that. And they pointed out that Elaine means bright and shiny one. And I was like, oh, crap, this means she's starborn and useful, doesn't doesn't it?
0: (laughs) Well, also think about when um, the cabin with Feyre and Rhysand, once they are mates, they accept that they're mates and they're having sex, and she emits starlight, and he emits Mm -hmm. darkness.
2: When Nesta and Cassian um, solidify their mating bond, there is also a golden iridescent light that they liken between them, and a a bond that goes between them. I think Nesta also has that, and when I mean, we're talking about mates now, but um, when Ailyn and Rowan solidify their mating bond, she lets out a starlight glow.
1: Amy's like brought this up to me before with it. I'm like, no, it's because she's got like the day court in her, and now that you're putting it all together, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> we'll never know unless Elaine finally does something with Lucian, unless Lucian, unless right. Lucian isn't even her mate, which is also what half of TikTok thinks.
2: I that I I try not to talk. It's almost horrible cuz there is actually a lot of like really interesting things about Elaine and Gwen specifically mm-hmm. that I would love to talk about but I I don't think I ever will because the conversation around them is incredibly toxic.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes it is. And yes it is. And
2: mean. Like I I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'd love to talk about Elaine, but I'm like, ooh, I should never talk about Elaine."
0: That's probably yeah. the safest route to go cuz even Jack and I are on opposite sides of that conversation. Yeah. We tease each other luckily. We, yeah, <laughs> we tease each other, but it can it can get ugly. People are very opinionated yeah. Yeah. about it.
2: Oh, oh yeah. I try to say like I trust Sarah to do the romance and I'll figure out the other stuff because like <laughs> whatever she does, she will ro- you know, woo me, she will romance me and, and I'll I think I'll just let that be. But now the conversation has come to Bryce and Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and are they really mates? And it's like
1: I don't think they well, are. Well, uh,
2: base based on what Lily was just saying, she had she that star glow. She did. They and I just reread it for the, this talk and I mean, I found something far more interesting that my mind is currently on. Oh, but... tell
1: us that. Tell us that interesting.
2: <laughs> I was, so I was looking for every time that Bryce and Hunt had sex, right? Yeah. And in House of Guy and Breath, and every time they do, Bryce could have sworn, I don't know if you've seen this um, uh, term going around SJM talk, that anytime someone says they could have sworn something, mm. it happened. Mm-hmm. Bryce says she could have sworn each time they've had, they've had sex that they were falling through space and time. And time.
1: Oh, wait. They are Farrah's ancestors.
2: Whoa! Whoa! <laughs>
1: <laughs> what if Ew. Hunt is the actual Illyrian warrior Ooh. who fights off everyone? I know that's one of your theories.
2: Oh. 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 <laughs> Wait, but her?
1: (laughs) I'm just here to light everything on fire
2: and watch the world burn. (laughs) No, no, because so I have two. uh, I've made two friends off of this, and we have a group chat, and we've been discussing uh, both Hunt and now this time thing that I've brought in because there is the time rift mentioned in Alina's tomb in the very beginning of Throne of Glass, and then we have the time string in the harp. And now we have this, where the horn could possibly go through time and space.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And now, now I'm just like, <laughs> 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 you've because broken the, her brain. I, <laughs> I mean, no, no the idea of of time travel. Oh, you did break my brain a little bit because <laughs> if we're so my theory is for you know what what is there a building mm-hmm. my theory has come to time travel and that our main cast of you know characters are going to go back to when the dagglin were on perithian and stop them before it all happens oh and now I'm like <laughs> don't compelling? the artron
1: sisters have bits of red in their hair i'm just saying <laughs> <sighs>
2: <laughs> oh no what have you done
1: you heard it here first folks on uh book talk for book talk new theories just coming out of left field
2: yeah seriously um <laughs> one of the questions you guys sent me is about hunt's father yes let's gonna just just, dive into uh, that i'm just gonna dive right into that so i i think that hunt is i think his father is an alias mm-hmm. but now he not maybe hunt is an alias or i would concede even that he is he is just Illyrian, and I, and I can explain that. And since we were talking about mates, angels on Crescent City are not Fae. They do not have mating bonds. It's just in title. Oh, yeah. But Hunt, if, if Hunt and Bryce are truly mates, and I am leaning towards yes, uh, because Bryce Bryce's scent changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rune picks that up, and that's something that happens with a mate. Then Hunt has to have some type of Fae in him to create that mating bond and Illyrians are fey. They like to mm-hmm. say they're not, but they are considered lesser fey. And Thur, so in the conversation of Analias and Thur, who is Hunt's dad, people are like, well, Hunt looks, they said Hunt looks just like Thur. When we look at what did Thur look like in the books, he is described as a high fey god with lightning powers. Mm-hmm. Analias is considered the Illyrian's god. there He's a god to the Illyrians, he's a warrior god. And he, you know, Analias the, the story of Analias is that he was fighting off ancient beings, probably the Asteri, that, or the Daglan, who were on Perithian. he held the line for three days. And then at the end, he did drag himself up to the top of Ramil, and he touched the sacred stone. The sacred stone will heal you and bring you to where you need to be most. If Mm -hmm. this is all happening around the time of the rifts and when they're shutting gates, he could have been trapped on Midgard. And that's where he needed to be most. Mm -hmm. And it would have healed him. And they think he died because he never returned. Because he wasn't there.
0: I'm on board. I am too. It (laughs) makes total sense that that would be a gate. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it it does. And then when Nesta is on top, uh, Bellius Emery's cousin, who is fighting her, notes that she... Draws a line in the sand, which is what Analias was said to have done. And mm-hmm. Emery never told her that part of the story. She just did that naturally. On one page before Bellius comes, it was snowing. And then after Bellius comes talking about Analias, it starts thunder and lightning. Oh. Which I think is like big red flags, big alerts. And then you have Thur, who is a lightning god, is depicted as High fe. He looks just like Hunt, who is to say that he is not. An alias. Yeah. Or that an alias isn't Thor. Or Thur, Thor. Thur. Thur. I,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now all three are one. So that's uh, that's now canon in my head. So you're talking about how Hunt looks like I mean, everyone out there at this point practically. At the end of Crescent City, where you know I started screaming, also was mm-hmm. when Reese comes out and Bryce says it was identical to Rune. And mm-hmm. first off, that's going to have to change some fan art. Fan art out there, it's a, mm-hmm. a lot of fan art is not making them match identically. So how? What's going on? How do you think here? Can you explain to me? Like, give me a reason. Like why do they look the same?
2: Okay, this is another one of those long long there's a lot there's a long road to get to a very weird answer um
1: <laughs> those are my favorite so be- roads
2: <laughs> so before we got rune and reese looking alike we had mave and reese looking alike or similarities oh and reese also has similar powers to val he has the de- the, the, the the Medi the Medi pa- I my pronunciation is garbage so oh. and i apologize to anyone who i fend listening <laughs> um I pronounce things like the, the demeti powers, the mind powers. That's what Maeve has. It's described very similar. Valg have that black, sweeping, creepy power. Mm. They have the purple eyes. You know, Maeve and Reese both have purple eyes. So regardless of how Rune and Reese look alike, I need you to track on me that Reese has Valg blood. Okay. It is described that Reese is something completely different than the other High Lords at the High Lords meeting. Yep. He his power is unmatched. You know, we look at the Night Court. The Night Court um has a lot of similarities to like Val creatures and just Valg in Valgness in general. So Reese is Valg. Mm-hmm. So we have that side of it. And now we have the second side that comes in from Rune is the starborn power and lineage. We already know that Reese is all, always likened to the night sky, to stars, night triumphant. His power is darkness and stars. Rune also has a darkness power to his shadows. People try to say maybe he's a light singer. I tend to disagree with that. Mostly, if he is, then he is an untrained shadow singer. Mostly because I see Azriel's shadows acting completely different.
1: Yeah, his
2: powers are completely different. So I think that Rune probably has the Darkbringer power, which is from the Night Court, which is what Reese essentially has, is a very, you know, potent Darkbringer power, which is what Kier Kier has, the Night Court's army. So then we have the, the Starborn power on um, Rune's side, which you know Reese, like I had said, is likened to stars. This is where it's going to get unhinged. <laughs> Thea was the Starborn queen. Mm-hmm. Thea was married to Finan on Prithian. And then the Daglan, they, Finan had killed the dag- Daglan, pushed them out. He was the high king of Prithian. He ended up marrying a queen of her own territory. And then a thousand years later, the Asteri opened up the gates and she knew, knew that they were Daglin before Finan did. I have no idea what happened. You know, we don't know what happened between Thea and Finan, but it ended up with Peleus killing Finan, then stealing the sword and then going to Midgard to defeat the Asteri. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Thea had two daughters in, in House of Sky and Breath, which we don't learn in um, Akatar, mm-hmm. we learn that in House of Sky and Breath. And they shut the gates. One daughter ends up, or Thea gets killed by the Asteri. Um, Then there are two daughters, one of them goes missing. And then one of them is forced to marry Peleus and he, they have children. And that's where Rune's line comes from.
1: The way you say it like that, I'm like, it just, (laughs) there's reading it and then there's like listening to it. I'm like, yes, this makes more sense. it's like
2: more lined out. Yeah. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, so now we have, Thea has two daughters. We did not hear that they had two daughters in Akatar. We hear that in Crescent City. We also learned that Adis was Thea's lover. Mm -hmm. I think that at least one or both of those girls, one of them is Adis's daughter. Adis is a prince of Hell. Um, he has cold magic. You know, he has striking blue eyes. Blah 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 blah. This I don't have quite an answer to, but you know, it's going to be left up. The the hell's pets are valk. Yes, mm-hmm. they summon the, the 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 beasts. They have black blood. They smell of soil. In Throne of Glass, they summon the valk beasts, which are the same as the Princess of the Pits pets. So. The question is, are the princes of hell Valg, and that's where um, all of this comes, you know, all the the demons that we get in in Crescent City and Tog, that's why they're the same, Mm -hmm. or are somehow the Valg summoning the princes of the pit's pets to Throne of Glass? My answer would be that the princes of the pit are Valg, and that... Rune and Rhys, like I said, this is a very long, long <laughs> spiel to get to one answer. But Rune and Reese are products of a Valg ex-Starborn relation. Uh, okay. And that the reason why sometimes, you know, sometimes Rhys has um, stars in his eyes. And then when he gets mad um, or whatever, he those stars go away. And it's his Valg and Starborn power inside of him fighting against one another, basically.
1: Oh my God. I I love that so much. Amy, did you need to process anything or are you just kind of soaking it all in?
0: I'm currently soaking it all in. I could see that being the case because his eyes either contain stars or they're very cold and they're yeah. never both cold and starry together. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm still processing.
2: Reese also, in one of the times he has a nightmare in. I think it's a quarter of mist and fury mm-hmm. and he has this nightmare and he plunges like the whole house of wind into like darkness, right? It's not even darkness with stars. It's just dark. And mm-hmm. fair goes in and she can see her breath. It's cold. Asriel has cold shadows that do not work within Fae magic. They don't know where that comes from. So my, my, and, and the princes of the pit, whenever they're, they come in or they're summoned, it's cold. Um, you know, Bryce sees her breath when she summons Adas in, in the first book. Like, so hell, cold. So anytime I see dark, cold magic, I'm like, you're from hell. Like, that's a yeah. hell power.
1: Yeah. I have it in my head now that, in my head, because you said it, Uh, that Adas has some daughter out there that he doesn't yeah. know. And that yeah. daughter is Vessa. I don't know. I'm just throwing. <laughs> I'm just think, saying names now, just hoping. <laughs> so something I think sticks. That it's,
2: I I mean I I'm I mean we have the the unnamed MIA daughter. Yeah. And then we have Helena who was married to Pelias, which I I and she had um she was considered she had starborn power and she was of shadows. Mm. So um I would I would assume it's probably Helena, at least one or both, but one I would assume would be Helena.
1: It's a more logical answer then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anything that I pull out I'm gonna go into one of your other questions. Yeah. You guys asked me about Amran and what I my theory on her and this this theory and that theory kind of um, go in line with one another. But my theory is that Amran is Valg as as well. But we learned that Amran was the one who trained um Reese and his mind powers and his powers. And if he has Valg powers and Amran is Valg. That's why she trained him, is because she knew how to work his powers.
1: Wouldn't she identify that in him though? Or like in, I, isn't that something that she would have shared with him or
2: We don't the the thing with I love Resand. I love him, you know. I mean I don't love him as much as Rowan, but it's it's fairly close. If I had the chance to smack that man in the mouth for every single time he's either like, we don't have time to answer this question or <laughs> let's keep this a secret or I don't care. Yeah. The amount of times where he's like, I don't care why that you glow," I'm like, Bessie, I do. (laughs) (laughs) He
0: is very good at keeping secrets. And I remember reading in A Court of Mist and Fury that he has a lot of things about Amarin that he either won't tell Feyre or claims to not know. And can't share mm-hmm. with Thera. But I do wonder if there's more deeper understanding between the two of them than we as readers know at this point.
2: Well, if so my so my theory is that she is at least part Valg. I, I can't say she's a hundred percent Valg. I think she is specifically the type of Valg that ended up creating the Valg X-Fay Mm-hmm. is in Throne of Gloss. And there's just, you know, there's the similarities of, of between what Amryn can do and the Valk powers, which is very similar to the mind powers that Resand has. She can go into someone's mind and give them their worst nightmare and kill them, basically. That's what she does when they attack Valara. And then also her eyes. Her eyes are one of the one thing that we really get a great description of, but the silver, the unholy silver. Irwin has silver eyes they, they, they flash like a, an unholy silver and then go back to black.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god.
2: It's, yeah, and then, you know, she does have this, you know, when she does shed her, her form, she goes into that bright burning, you know, woman mm-hmm. of flame and, and whatnot. I One of the biggest questions that I've had, like even th- before I knew about the multiverse, was how do witches have the ability to fly? If Amorin has wings and the ability to fly, that's I, I'm, I'm almost wondering if that's where that comes from, you know, where my, my thoughts are yeah. going on that one. Yeah. So I think that, that Amryn is at least part Valg. She could also, I don't know if the Asteri do breed, because a lot of people are like, well, I, a lot of people think she's an Asteri, or at least related to the Asteri. And I'm like, well, we know that the Asteri and the Valg have worked together. The Daglin and the First Gods in Crescent mm-hmm. City were bros. Um, they, they, they like to torment Faye together on their wild hunt or, you know, so I, I don't, if the Asteri do breed, they are really creepy scientists of breeding and genes. I wouldn't put it past them Mm. to try and create like a perfected being between them and the Valg. Ah,
1: and that'd be Amarin. And that would be Amarin. Oh my God. (laughs) It's exciting. (laughs) It all comes together.
2: Yeah. And like Am so Amron and the witches, Amron's always said that she has, you know, long nails that she likes to pick with little tiny bones. Mm-hmm. And witches have those iron nails. She drinks blood. You know, the witches drink blood like wine. It's said that she drinks blood like wine. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a lot of similarities um, between them that I feel like can't, can't be discounted. Yeah. Also like people had said that SJM said once in a, in q and A, Q&A that she was um, an angel. I found that Q and A on accident. I had bought the, the original covers just for a you know for my collection, and in the back of my A Quarter Frost and Starlight was that Q and A, and I found it just while I was flipping through on camera. It was kind of funny. I have it posted on my TikTok. <laughs> um, but in the interview, she says she is basically a biblical angel of a god not mm. the holy God. She is not actually an angel. She just said she based her off of the biblical angels from the Bible.
1: Okay. So people take it too literally. Just,
2: yeah. Yeah. People t- took it very literally. <laughs> and it was a very hot thing to talk <laughs> about in my Ameren video, but I did find it and I just want to clear the air now that I have a little bit of a soapbox.
0: Speaking of Amarin, we know that she came from the prison. In Prithian. And Reese says in A Court of Mist and Fury that it's basically he thinks it's an eighth court.
2: This is my favorite thing to talk about ever. <laughs> okay. This is please. My favorite I... thing to talk about ever. So yeah, the Dusk Court. We learn in chapter uh House of Sky and Breath, chapter seventy three. It's my favorite chapter ever written in history because of all of those little ha moments. Like you're like, Oh my goodness. I know what this means. So we learn that the Starborn Fae come from a small isles of a vervent land that was almost constantly in permanent twilight dusk. We learn in uh, Akamath and in Aksif. Let's talk about in as well. The prison is an isle off the side of Perithian. It's continually shrouded in mist, which I have a theory on why that is. But it, it's it's a large. It's not just a tiny little place with like a stone prison on top of it it's it's pretty big it has a a large mountain it takes all day to hike it they can't just get to the top they have to start from the bottom and hike up there are rivers and streams and grassy slopes like Mm -hmm. it's it's big when i first read it before all of this i was like oh it's just like you know a tiny little place with you know a stone prison my imagination wasn't very big but i have now expanded that thought yeah but then reese says it, it may have even been an eighth court. We learn that the it existed before High Lord, so this this would have been around the time of the High King Finan. Finan married a queen of her own territory, and then we learn that the Starborn come from their own own land, and that Moore's family had once ruled the north. And he and he says that it was considered an eighth court. And then we learn in Husky and Breath that it, it was there was a dusk. Court, a dusk land, a land of a permanent twilight that they hailed from. We also learn in Acasus that in chapter, I don't know now, now I can't find it. But the Pegasus that helion has hailed from the prison island, and they he he took them when I, I don't know when they they moved or he didn't, but the Day Court ended up taking them mm-hmm. at some point in history and and keeping them. So that also ties in the Dusk Court as well. That it was once actually a place, and then Cassian says when they're when they're hiking at him and, and Nesta, he says that it felt like the land was waiting for something to return, like it's been waiting for something.
1: So the dusk court is part of the night court or half?
2: Yes. Well, it got absorbed.
1: Uh that's why it's so big. Ah, uh,
2: it got absorbed. That's why yeah, the night court is, is massive. Because it's too I courts. don't. Yeah, I don't I don't know how it works. I don't know what happened. Because we learned that after Finan died, the they rose up, the high lords rose up and and claimed their land. And they were no longer ruled by a high king ever again. It's always been high lords. But it's interesting that it gets brought up in Akatar and specifically the the piece that Moore's family once ruled it, because Mm -hmm. I have a very big theory that Moore is starborn. And specifically, she is the high lady of the death court shut
0: the front door what oh i was just gonna say i know there's something big coming for more like we know this based off what is it the last scene in the frost and starlight novella i can't remember where it happens i think it's in frost and starlight like she has her hidden home nobody knows Mm -hmm. about there's something watching her like there's okay. something big around more and I would not be surprised.
1: Yeah. Our background, some like, so Amy's and I and our background, we both like went to school for creative writing. So like just from a writing, like breaking down literature from a writer's point of view, she's setting it up. Like it's too, there's too many convenience things happening with surrounding more. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people kind of got mad at silver flames just because of how much she wasn't in there and referenced and her love story is easy but now that you're saying this um like there's Mm. there's gonna be a whole whole more thing whole more of more
2: there the the thing about more is like they're like oh her power is truth and they're like
1: what What does that mean
2: what does that mean how how on earth if her power is just simply truth Mm -hmm. that she is. Reese's third mm-hmm. she is so powerful to them like sh- she is considered so powerful that you know should Amran and, and Reese die she will like will take over and and fix or destroy everything or something like that yeah um how can she go up against Amron Amron yeah. before she sheds her or before she becomes just a normal high fae. Mm-hmm. Like she was, her and Amran get into it. They say it once her and Amran got into it once. Yeah. And his house was left. One of their, his vacation houses were left in in, in smoldering piles. Mm-hmm. I can't fathom her gift just being simply. I know when someone's lying to me,
1: we're going to get starborns left and right in the next one.
2: I, well, the thing is, so one, when, when the true starborn left,
1: Mm-hmm.
2: somebody, like the way that, you know, we learn about High, the High Lord's heirs and power shifting, when Thea died, someone should have received her power. Someone should have been her heir to yeah. take over the death court. But if the death, you know, we learn that there were trapped Fae in the prison, that power had to shift somewhere. And we learn that was Kier's. we learned that Kier's line took over the night court around this time. So that family lineage is in more. And then when Moore said she came into her power, um, she likened it to when a high lord's heir comes into their power. She, you know, mm-hmm. she shook the mountains. I can't. Yeah. The way that SJM foreshadows her slipping that it was like a high lord coming into their power. <laughs> it's too that, convenient. It, it's too convenient. And then you get truth, and then truth teller.
1: Yeah, which is oh, the mm-hmm. the
2: pair to the Star Sword, which is yep. Starborn.
1: Oh my God, we're gonna get a whole High Lady series with just more, and I I, now, th- I want that.
2: I want I. It's, this is like the one thing that I am gonna cling to until Sarah's done writing books. Like this one thing is all that I want, and it makes sense. Why would Bryce fall onto Perithian? She doesn't know how to use her power. Mm-hmm. She doesn't understand it. She, if there is nobody on Perithian who is Starborn to help her, how would she get back? How would she understand it? How is she going to know the history? So my thought is for Crescent City Three that it's going to make. So we also know that as Asriel can't get a love story until him and More sort through their shit.
0: Mm, so true.
2: Like there is no way he can have a genuine relationship with someone until he has cleared the air with someone that he's been pining for for five hundred years. Yeah, but
1: he's a shadow singer. So for five hundred years, how does he not know more secret?
2: I think I think he might. I think he feels something for her, and you know, if more is starborn, I think that he's one of her knights. Which we learned that starborns have knights, and that's why Bryce is pulled to like Cormac, and mm-hmm. you know, all that. And it it says that more lightens around Asriel so many times. There are these little moments where Asriel shadows lighten lift
0: um -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: glow when more is around him and when more touches him so light, yes i'm like i i I just that's what i believe and i think that he truly you know more even says she feels something for him but she doesn't understand it she doesn't know why and i'm wondering if that's because he's one of her knights
1: because he is no it is (laughs) that makes so much sense i know it does i'm like
2: (laughs) you you are the morrigan you speak i know like yeah
1: the Happy Morgan is what n- your new handle needs to
2: be. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I think that you know for, for Bryce is going to need a training montage that you know goes in line with a lot of SJMs books everyone gets their training and I think that part that, that Crescent City 3 when Bryce is on Perithian is going to set up Akatar um, 6 or 5 or whatever it is. Can't remember now.
1: Uh-huh. So when it comes to Bryce being in Perithian when do you think she's going to go back to her world? And do you think she's going to take anyone from Prithian with her?
2: I I, I, I almost wonder if they're going to restore the gates and keep them open for good. When we get into the conversation of what is the end of ending the Asteri look like? Mm-hmm. I, I immediately think about Thanos in Marvel and how he does the snap. And then after they reverse the snap, you know, we, it, it, I don't know if any of you guys are Marvel people. Yeah, yeah. Um, it we In Falcon and the Winter Soldier, one of the biggest issues that they talk about is resources and how there is no resources to accommodate for the people who came back. I cannot, I mean, I know Perthian's fairly large and we don't know anything about the other fae lands in, in Akitar or in Throne of Glass. I just can't see a mass amount of people coming from, Midgard and having to just integrate into these other Fey lands. I mean, it would be chaos. It would be mass chaos. There would be power. Um, you know, tons of power surges for thrones. I can't see the Autumn King and Byron just being like, "I'll split the throne fifty-fifty with you, bro." Like, <laughs> like it will be chaos. Yeah. And then you think about, you know, we don't even. I mean, I I can't imagine Sarah's not going to bring in Throne of Glass. Oh. You know, it, all these random fae coming, you know, to Terrasen, and they they're coming from Midgard, which has electricity and TV and cars and all this stuff, and like Perithian and and Terrison don't. They yeah. are you know rural <laughs> rural fantasy. I just don't see it working as the merging, which a lot of people have like said they have to merge, but I think the most the the, the most likely, uh, other than time travel, which. <laughs> I haven't. I, I need to spend a lot more time thinking up to like actually like solidify an answer for that. outside, outside of time travel and undoing literally everything, mm-hmm. um, I would see just them opening the gates and allowing for like just a natural crossing, visitation, and and stuff like that.
1: What was Bryce wearing when she ended up in Prithian again?
2: I think she was in leggings, like spandex workout leggings, like sneakers and a t shirt.
1: I'm just trying to like establish, like, (laughs) was someone like, are they, like, as I'm sure it's like, what are they wearing? What are they wearing? And I'm just like, like, what part of like, is it Farah who's like, wait, leggings? What?
2: I want those. Like, it's not leather. Yes, I think like there is a mention one time of Farah like wearing one of Reese's like knit sweaters and like a pair of black tights or something. Well, yeah, mm. tights, which are you know close enough. Part that of me wish be.
1: that like Bryce like showed up in one of her like mini outfits and stuff. Like,
2: <laughs> more, <laughs> more would, would get steal on board. It. Yeah, literally. Both of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Will Vasa come more into the story or play a role in the multiverse? Or at least the lore around her and what's happening with her and the death god? There's just so much with like her that's going on and Lucian. Like it's just like
1: there's all these like other there's a whole other story happening.
2: I think with Vasa, the biggest thing that's gonna come from it is Koshi, which is the dark sorcerer. Koshi is going to become I don't I actually don't know if he's gonna be, you know, quote unquote a villain, you know, in parentheses of like, I don't know if he's going to try and take over anything. I think he really just wants out. I don't know, if, you know, when he gets out of his pond, will he be nefarious? I can't mm-hmm. answer that. But I think that Vasa is going to be opening the door to Koshi again because we saw very, a very small glimpse of him in in Silver Flames, and I think that he is going to come back. And there are a lot of things about him, not necessarily even about Vasa, that make me question. Is it Elaine, I think, when she's having one of her visions, she's talking about his black box that he covets, like above everything else. Mm-hmm. And anything black, black stone, black crowns, black eyes, my flags, just, you know, <laughs> alert, alert, alert. And so I'm like, what is he hiding in a black, you know, we in Throne of Glass and in you know, in throughout all of the books, though, the, the obsidian stone? Are used to like trap Falg and and mm-hmm. people, and I'm like, what is in his black box? I gotta know. And the <laughs> other thing about it is, we Papa Archon, who also doesn't have a name, yeah. Um, he talks to him and makes a deal with him. I wanna know that conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What was the deal that they made? And who is
0: Papa Archron to be making that deal?
2: Exactly. Exactly did he? Did he make a deal? Like I'll give you my soul, and that's why he died, and like why he was so calm and collect in the war, or was it something else? Did he bargain something else, and that's going to come biting the sisters in the ass? Like, yeah. you know, I'll give you my daughter. You know, who, Elaine. You know, who oh, knows yeah. what he bargained away to allow that? With Vasa, it's either going to come down to petty relationship mate drama. Mm between lucian and elaine or it's going to be she's going to lead the path to whatever koshi has got going on
1: and if we're lucky it'll be both so
2: and if we're lucky it'll be both yeah uh
1: and then my my personal final question that's not on the list at all uh do you think you're on sjm's radar
2: i seriously hope not (laughs) um it does keep me up at night no i'm sure she
0: would love you i'm sure she'd be like thank you someone appreciates the work i've done (laughs) no matter what the percentage of what you have have thought is right or wrong she's probably like bravo for like trying to think through the clues i'm giving (laughs) because she gives
2: clues oh yeah we're just
0: often overlooking them
2: yeah when you don't know to look Mm -hmm. you don't and then when you're like oh i need to look or you know the multiverse is is coming together. And honestly, the biggest thing was I was going insane. Yeah, Everything felt like it was exploding around me. Because, you know, in Kingdom of Ash, we get Aelin falling through the multiverse and like, you know, her spotting Reese and like, yeah, you know, that was a fun, ah, that was a cool moment. And like, mm-hmm. I, I thought we were just going to get another one of those like moments of catching a glimpse of Aylin and Rowan this time or something like that in sometime in Crescent City and then like carrying on with our day, just like a, a hint, hint and a, a nudge, nudge. And Sarah was just like, I'm going to body slam you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you have to wait 18 months. That's... Yeah.
2: I'm like, I'm so happy that you had a baby and like, I'm glad that that's, you know, you're taking that time. But also, woman, your world is on fire behind Mm -hmm. you you left your entire fan base screaming and then you just said see ya in June bye (laughs) so I fear that I am but if I do ever have the chance if she I hope she'll do a panel or a book tour or something and I will do literally anything to get there I'm gonna bring you know my note I have a notebook that's Mm -hmm. like a comprehensive breakdown of I'm I'm currently building and, and slowly working on it but I'm Every character breakdown all the powers break down every land, everything that we learn just break broken down and organized in a notebook and I just think
1: give it to her like sign it look at, look this. at it
2: L- look at this this is what you made me do <laughs> literally, literally I like when I give her like you know I think air fire currently is my most tabbed book and I just wanted to like like grade it. Like, <laughs> like, did i catch like was that actually something i was supposed to catch like
1: i hope that like, if she's ever like gets like caught on something like dang i forgot about this one area she just goes to your videos and then is like
2: <laughs> ah this, got it this i truly believe that if i can connect it it's because she's already done it
1: yes like, i it, like yeah. she has she's smart
2: she's in incredibly intelligent i i would not be surprised if she has like one of those serial killer walls like with the red tape like Mm, mm -hmm, you know that she mm -hmm. has laid everything out i genuinely you know it does keep me up at night to think about like oh my goodness what she sees and she's like that woman is spreading lies on the internet (laughs) i'm like i'm leading everyone in the wrong direction
0: you're adding fuel to the fire (laughs) of her armageddon and i don't (laughs) think it matters where you lead them No, i
2: hope not I have heard like uh, quite a few people have messaged me or told me that like you've gotten my husband to read these books because like now we know like all these cool things tie in and like they're like I've gotten so many people like to watch your videos and they're like oh that sounds like really interesting and that has been like very I'm like well you're welcome Sarah I'm paying for your new baby's college
1: (laughs) I, I (laughs) I do I mean I love your page because it just it's you bring in so many people to have a conversation that You know, no one should ever be embarrassed about discussing literature and to discuss art. And at the end of the day, we're all having fun. We're all like enjoying this amazing world that this amazing woman put out. And you are facilitating that on TikTok in a very healthy and constructive way. And you don't get that on a lot of TikTok pages. Like you have, you're probably one of the most like amazing and safe and wonderful page out there. And you're doing everyone a service with that.
2: Thank you. I would like to say that if anyone feels embarrassed or ashamed to look at my page and see that I am an unhinged woman with a whiteboard and a spatula talking about a fictional world, like you cannot get any more (laughs) crazy or embarrassing as that.
1: I am a little sad the spatula didn't make an appearance, but that's, is a spat. yes. Uh,
2: It's it's right here. Always at the ready. It's right here. I'm doing this right in front of where I usually film. So all of my books, all of my pens, my whiteboard is sitting right next to me with whatever I had on, for today's video. Right next That's to awesome.
1: Me. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lily, for recording with us today and just taking us through... Just a snippet of the multiverse. And hopefully, you know, as more comes out, we can still be on your radar and have you back because I know our listeners are gonna have a lot
2: of questions. Thank you. I was a little bit nervous because I am an anxious person and you guys were just so wonderful and, and nice and and just very thankful to actually get to talk to someone about this yes. and not just my phone and a whiteboard behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
0: Lily. Thank you so much. You were so lovely. And we can't wait to see what wonderful, crazy, beautiful thoughts you have next. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Book Talk for Book Talk. We encourage you to rate and subscribe to our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. As we gear up for Season
1: 2, where we will deep dive into a chord of mist and fury, we will continue to share between-season
0: thoughts and interviews with our listeners. We would love to hear your thoughts based on today's conversation. You can submit your comments to our form at booktalkforbooktalk.com for a chance to have your feedback discussed during a weekly mini-episode. If you are enjoying the
1: podcast, visit our website booktalkforbooktalk.com to view our latest merch and to learn about supporting the show through Patreon, Ko-Fi, or Venmo. Or find us on TikTok and Instagram at the handle booktalk Book booktalk